Wow, thank you, David. What a wonderful song. What a great message. And how blessed we are today through your sharing with us your, your great talent. Well, I can still see that many of you are, are joining us. Again, I'm Pastor Tim, and it's so good to be here with you today in this time of worship. And I wanted to let you know a couple of other really important things that are going on in the life of the church. This is Vacation Bible School Week. Now, uh, you know, we really love our children, we care for our families, and we always look forward every year to Vacation Bible School. And typically, our church is all decked out and decorated, and, and this year's a little bit different because of uh, the nature of the pandemic. Uh, we are having a virtual uh, Vacation Bible School this week. And so uh, we were passing out packets to the kids. Right now we have more than 150, 160 uh, children that have already signed up. We have about a dozen, a team of dozen or more leaders that are helping to put the Vacation Bible School on this week. It's going to happen in different ways. You can uh, uh, log in on the app or on the website or on Facebook. It'll be available beginning around 9.30, about three days this week. And uh, we want you to be in prayer for these children and our leaders as we continue our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ and help our children to know about God, to come to know Jesus as their Savior. Uh, the title of this theme this year is, is uh, what we know, Jesus' power pulls us through. Jesus' power pulls us through. This is a message that we are excited about to engage and share with our children. And please be in prayer. Also, I wanted to share with you that beginning today, we're going to be offering Next Connect. And Next Connect will start uh, around 1030 as soon as our service here uh, is over and every week you can participate those of you who are new you'd like to know more about faith community what we're about what our mission is what our vision what we are accomplishing uh, yes it's a little bit different right now but we are on the march to serve God and change this world in a positive way to share God's love with those in our neighborhoods to reach out to those that are hurting, those in need, and of course, offer hope. And you can find out how we go about this every week around 10.30. There, you should see uh, information there. If you want to know more on the app, you can click on that, and it will guide you into this virtual room where we will be sharing and engaging you. Or you can use our text service uh, and text connect to the number there that you will see, the 513-657-1890, and we will guide you into this Next Connect experience. And you know, we continue to move forward as a church family, and it's all because of your support. Your, your vows that you are adhering to, to support the church by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. And we are so overjoyed. We stand in awe of your generosity and the way that you continue to serve God through your giving. And uh, we want to come to that moment of offering today and just remind you of, of how much you are helping to bless people here in our area. And uh, we're so grateful for that. And there are multiple ways in which you can give. You can certainly give uh, the old-fashioned ways, we like to say, by sending in a check uh, for your tithes and offering, but also you can use electronic giving. 
And we understand that about 40% of our church family now are using this, this kind of uh, app on electronic giving. And so we encourage you to use that as well. It's a safe way and uh, a very convenient way for you to continue to support the church. And again, we're very grateful. I want to pause for a moment of prayer. And certainly we need to join in prayer together as a church family. There are so many needs, so many issues in our world, in our lives, and let us just be in a moment of silence. Let us just uh, prepare ourselves for these precious moments that we can all collectively join together in prayer. So let us pray. O oh, compassionate God, gracious Lord, O oh, may the offering of our intercession here this morning overflow with many thanksgiving to you. We pray that you would save each of us today from the sloth of indifference, from the compromise of half-truths, from the influence of false teachers and leaders from alliances with those who would perpetrate evil upon one another. May we just give ourselves to you completely. And may your light shine in us and through us as the church, just like the morning star offers hope of a better day. Bless our land and counsel our leaders and extend your peace to all of your people. And how we would ask your blessing upon fathers today. We know this is a challenging world in which we live and raise our children. And we pray that you would just give those fathers today strength to lead and to love their families. And to be that example of Jesus before them. And Lord, also tender your care today to all who are in sorrow and troubled and sick. Those who are in want and in need without work. And Lord, pull them up close to you. Sustain us, O oh God, with your presence. Come alongside those that are ill. Be with those who are tending to those who are afflicted today. Those doctors and nurses and support staff, bless them as well. Be with those who are separated from families, who are hospitalized or homebound or in nursing facilities. And bring your peace and your comfort. Oh God, today we ascribe majesty and grace and immeasurable love to you now and forever for all these things. For it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Well, this week I had the wonderful opportunity to do a baptism, to be part of a baptism. And I was over at a new family's house uh, their wonderful home here in Mason, uh, Hank and Kaylee Swearinger, and they had a baby about the time this uh, pandemic, about the, uh, the first of the year, and John Mark, I was able to baptize, and it was a real joy. What a precious child. You're going to have a moment here to be part of this baptism, and I just want to ask all of you to covenant together to support Hank and Kaylee, and, and especially John Mark, who is part of our church family. So let us watch this baptism.
Well, hello family and friends. We are glad you're here. My name is Pastor Tim, and I'm the pastor at uh, Faith Community. And it's a real joy to be here with, with Hank and Kaylee today and this precious child, John Mark, who I understand was born about six months or so ago. And, and so we are uh, just so uh, overjoyed to be part of this baptism. And this is just a delight for me to uh, be part of this journey with uh, with John Mark and uh, our whole congregation just extends that warm welcome to uh, this family and we're so pleased to, uh, to have you part of our church family at Faith Community. So uh, as we always do, I uh, just remind everybody that this is a, this is a, a, a sacrament that we uh, have in our church and we know it's through the sacrament of baptism that we are initiated into Christ's holy church. And we are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the spirit. And uh, these vows that I, I share here today on behalf of the whole church with Hank and, and Kaylee are vows that they take for themselves. And uh, the church joins in this covenant as we uh, come alongside John Mark and his family to provide uh, nurturing uh, programs and activities, prayer support, and of course the sharing of the gospel so that at that time where he can uh, take the vows and confirm them for himself. And so I ask you today, uh, these vows on behalf of, uh, as I said, the whole church, that do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness and reject the evil powers of this world and repent of your sins, and so say I do. I do. And do you accept the freedom and the power of God, the, the power that God gives you to resist evil and justice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves, and so say I do. I do. And do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and put your whole trust in His grace and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races, and so say, I do. I do. And lastly, will you nurture John Mark in Christ's holy church that by your teaching example, he may be uh, guided to accept God's grace for himself and to profess his faith openly and to lead a Christian life, and so say, we will. We will. Well, let me uh, invite you to share with me a moment of prayer. So let us pray. Oh, eternal God, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. And we recall in the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. And after the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. And when you saw your people as slaves in Egypt and they were in bondage, you led them to freedom through the sea. And their children you brought through the Jordan in the land which you promised. And in the fullness of time you sent Jesus nurtured in the water of a womb. And he was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. And he called his disciples to share in his baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. And so pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift today of water and John Mark who receives it. And to wash away his sin and clothe him in righteousness throughout his life, that dying and being raised with Christ, he may share in his final victory. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I love this that we're using water from the Jordan River. I was just in Israel just uh, a few months ago, right before this pandemic, 
and uh, I have some of the Jordan uh, River water myself, and what a blessing to be able to use this today. John Mark, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. God, we thank you so much for this precious child. What a beautiful gift that you've given to Hank and Kaylee and this family. And we just celebrate, Lord, his life and this time in which he comes into the church family through baptism. We ask your blessing upon him that you would nurture him, that we may be those examples that would really help guide him into that life with your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray today. Amen. Thanks be to God. Welcome. Good morning from the Toad Vines. Today's scripture is Psalm 46, verses 1 through 11. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Enjoy today's sermon. Thank you, Molly. I appreciate that. Reading God's Word. I got to ask you a question today. What would you do if you lost everything? I mean, stop and think about it. Floods, earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, uh, wildfires. I mean, what would you do if you absolutely lost everything? Now, many of you know that I started my ministry in West Virginia, and I heard some stories. I mean, I heard some of my pastor friends that were serving in areas in West Virginia, and there would be these flash floods, and they would literally lose it all. Uh, you know, the topography, the geography of West Virginia is such that there's a lot of these, uh, these valleys and low-lying areas, and some of my pastor friends would lose all, everything. I mean, they would say, I lost all my books. I lost my computer. I lost my clothing. I lost photographs. Uh, I literally lost everything. Things happened in these flash floods that, that were so almost instant. It happened so rapidly. I just couldn't collect everything. I, I had to get out and I lost everything. What would you do today if you lost it all? 
Where would you go? What would you do? Now, I know today that companies have really taken these disasters and they've offered us insurance. And there have been many other people out there that have tried to profit from some of these calamities that we experience in life. Well, this morning, I want to talk to you about how you can disaster-proof your life, how you can really become safe. And I'm not talking about insurance today. I'm not selling you any kind of insurance, but I'm talking to you about having a real relationship with the one who has created this world, our triune God who cares for you and loves you. And, uh, you know, we know that these calamities can come upon us at any time. And we do know that they really don't compare to what can really happen to us. I mean, broken hearts and crushed spirits and grieving souls uh, are not easily repaired. And I got to tell you, there's no government agency out there that can really touch the heart. Uh, they might be able to touch you a few water bottles. FEMA might hand you a tarp. Uh, there could be some government loans from Homeland Security. But really, uh, the anguish that we go through and experience in life, there's really only one source that we can go to when our world is crumbling. And it's the place where we can be safe. And where is that? We learn from these Psalms here. It is with our God. Now, all of us want to know that our home is secure. We want to know that our family is protected, that our valuables are safe. And people will use all kinds of methods out there to try to protect their, their home and, and their property and, and protect life. Some people use alarm systems. And other people uh, have fancy locks on their doors and alarms. And some will put bars on their windows. Some will even use signs. I'll never forget this one lady that I went to visit a few years ago. She had this large sign out by her door that said, Beware of Dog. And in fact, it was so large and kind of ominous looking, I was a little intimidated and I uh, gently knocked on the door. And when she came to the door and greeted me, she said, oh, don't worry about the sign. I don't really have a dog. It's just there to ward people off and scare those people that might want to come in and do harm to me. And you know, people have these kinds of signs all the time, don't we? In fact, I saw some of these online that people are trying, and, and maybe they might help. Somebody had a sign that said, Dear Mr. Butcher, starting tomorrow, please leave eight pounds of meat for Brutus. Six pounds only makes him angry and vicious. Uh, do you think that sign would help? Or maybe this one, Selma, don't come in, the boa constrictor got loose again. Well, maybe these would do the trick and maybe they wouldn't. But does it seem like to you that people these days are even more tense, even more anxious? Uh, there was a survey that was just talked about on the news a couple of days ago that given all the things that we're seeing now in the world this year, that the anxiety level has been elevated in the lives of so many people. And there's a lot of stress out there. There's a lot of anxiety and worry. I'll never forget the story. This one summer evening, there was this violent thunderstorm that began to sweep through the area. And it was about the time for bed. And uh, this mother was tucking in her small child to bed. And, and they could hear the roar of the thunder and see the flash of lightning. And, and the wind was swirling about. And the little boy said to his mom, Mom. Would you stay in my room here tonight? I am scared. 
And mom looked at her son and comforted him with a kiss and said, it will be all right, honey, but tonight I have to sleep in daddy's room. And there was this brief silence, and the little boy said, that big sissy. Well, I'm not saying today that we are a nation of big sissies, for sure. But I do think that people are more apprehensive than ever. And this morning, I want to talk to you again about what you can do about it. Most of the things that happen in life are really out of our control. And so what should be our response as disciples? Where can we turn? Where can we seek shelter? What attitude do we need to have? And posture do we need to take? And assurance that we can know? Well, I want to share with you another great psalm as we're in this series right now here in May and June talking about a season with the psalms. And today I share with you Psalm 46. Now, I've quoted from this psalm many times. You probably refer to it that, uh, you know, to be still and know that he is God or, or these words here, God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in the time of trouble. This is a tremendous psalm. And the setting for this psalm really takes us back to the days of King Hezekiah and the people of Judah. We know the story kind of unfolds there in 2 Kings chapter 18, and we find the Assyrian army is on the move, and they're ready to destroy the people of Judah. And the scripture indicates to us down in verse 19 and 20 that the Assyrian general here uh, sends a message first to the king, to King Hezekiah, to kind of intimidate him. And he says here, the great king of Assyria says, no one can save you from my power. You need more than mere promises of help before rebelling against me. But which of your allies will give you more than words? Will it be Egypt? And then the scripture says that not only do they intimidate King Hezekiah, but they send additional messengers out to intimidate the people to kind of be these agitators and, and throw it back in their face. And it says in verses 29 and 30, don't let King Hezekiah fool you. He will never be able to save you from my power. Don't let him fool you into thinking that the Lord will rescue you. And as we know the story unfolds and we find out that God does rescue the people of Judah. God does come to the aid of Hezekiah. In fact, in the very next chapter, we find out as the story unfolds that he protects the people and that God took care of this problem. And so as we read this psalm and we realize how many times in the past that God has been there and God will be there with you. God will be there to support you and care for you and indeed be that refuge for you. Now today, we can deny it. We can fake it. We can mask it. We can try to pretend it's not there. We can ignore it. But the truth persists today, friends, that we are weak creatures. We are weak creatures. Being prone to sickness, we hurt. And being moral, we ultimately die. And we know pressure is going to wear us out. We know that anxiety is going to really give us ulcers. We know people are going to intimidate us and anxiety is going to come in. We know criticism is going to offend. We know disease is going to scare us and death is going to haunt us. 
And what hope is there today for that struggling soul? What hope is available for us who are grinding through life knowing these weaknesses? Well, I present to you this wonderful psalm today to comfort your heart and really give you a source of strength. And there's several things that I would say, some wonderful observations as we read through these 11 verses here in this psalm that we ought to take and hold in our hearts today, really ponder what, uh, what it is to know God is our refuge. In fact, that's in verse 1 how this starts. It says, God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in the time of trouble. And the first thing that I want to say to you here about this psalm is that God is present with us. We find here the presence of God. And notice here, God is with us from the beginning. He doesn't just appear when all the pieces are crumbling somewhere in the middle of the storm or to kind of mop up duty afterwards at the end. But from the beginning, friends, God is present with us. And notice here, he is not some personal force, but he is a very present and mighty being, for he cares for us. Now, the term that we find translated here, this word trouble, in many of the versions of the Bible that we have today really comes from this Hebrew term out there that means to be tied up. It means to be restricted. It, it has this sense that it carries with us of being bound. And it reminds me of, a, of an expression that sometimes we use when we get in a jam and we say we're between a rock and a hard place. We feel like we are having everything close in all around us and we feel like we're being squeezed and that our back is up against the wall and that we're really in I bind. And so here, when we get to that moment and we realize we have that kind of trouble, we know that God is immediately, the psalm says, available to us. God is present with us and know, knows what we experience. Now, the secret of peace, I want to say to you then, is a personal relationship with God to really know God, to have that godly sorrow and that knowledge of the need for God, and you come and you yield yourself to the Lord. God is our refuge. God, it says, is our hiding place, and we can shelter, we can hide in God when these storms appear. We are safe with him when our world is shaking, safer, I got to tell you, than any storm shelter that is out there of, uh, available to us today. Safer than any panic room that we might create. And God gives strength to those who are weak. Listen to these wonderful words I'm sure you've heard before from the book of Isaiah 40. It says, wait on the Lord, waiting on the Lord renews our strength. And we shall mount up with wings as eagles. We shall run and not be weary and walk and not faint. And God is a very present help in the time of trouble. And the Lord is always with us. And he is greater in us than anything else we're going to confront in the world. Not only does this psalm speak about God being present with us in these challenges and calamities of life, but also notice with me as we look to verses 2 here down through 7, 
that God's peace is also there for us as well. We're reminded here, it says, therefore we will not fear. You see, faith emerges here and soars from this passage. When faith enters in, fear begins to flee. And I ask you this morning, where is your faith? Or better yet, whom is your faith in? Is your faith in God today? It is in, is it in the one who calmed the sea? Uh, this second and third verse here, this psalm, uh, psalmist really introduces some very scary propositions to us, and they all are introduced, they're launched with that word though. It's woe. It's though this might enter in, though the earth, it says, be removed, though the mountains fall into the sea, uh, though the waves rage on the ocean, though those earthquakes shake the mountains, we have nothing to fear. Peace, my friends, multiplies when we look toward heaven. Now, also notice here this vivid image that the psalmist gives us here. The river of life is there. The city of God is there. And what comfort it is to know that God has made a place for us. I'll never forget those comforting words that Jesus sharing there with the disciples as he's looking into the cross there and what's ahead for him in John chapter 14. And he says to those disciples, he said, let not your hearts be troubled. You that believe in me believe also in my Father who sent me. For in my Father's house are many rooms, uh, are many mansions, uh, and I go away to prepare a place for you, to get these rooms ready for you. And if I go away to prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will receive you unto myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. What wonderful words today that we have from the Lord today. We find it so comforting as we look at this psalm. Meanwhile, it says the Lord of hosts in verse 7 is with us even right now. I think about God's creation often as I look out at the beauty of this world and I just stand amazed how God has created our bodies. Uh, we look at the ecosystem. We look at just chemistry and all the sciences and, and, and botany and and geology, and just that we just marvel. And as we ponder these large issues of life, we just know as we weigh the evidence that there is one who has created this world. For example, I, I think about how God made the oyster. The oyster that lives in the sea, I think about how he uh, really guaranteed the oyster's absolute uh, social security, his economic security. He, he built the oyster with a house, this, this shelter built in, this shell, if you will, and he is protected. This oyster then, when hungry, simply opens his mouth and the food rushes in, and he has freedom from want. And then at the same time, I think about the eagle that soars high, and, and no doubt the blue sky is the limit. Build your own house, the Lord has said. And this eagle builds in the highest of mountain peaks, and we know when it is hungry, it flies through the sleet and the snow and the rain and soars high in the wind for its food, and it finds it flourishes. God enabled it to soar and flourish too. Isn't God amazing? I say to you that we find peace today, even with all the challenges that come our way, for the Lord 
prepares for us the way. The Lord is there with His peace and will get us through from all the depths of, of anguish, all the heights of despair. And as you read through this psalm, you also notice something here, the word Selah. And it's mentioned about three different times, down in verse 3, down in verse 7, also here in verse 11. And we know for most of you probably realize that this is a, a musical term many people believe in that Hebrew culture then that was a, a time, a moment of pause in this musical lyric, if you will, in this hymnody, in this song. But I think it's also a pause for us to deeply reflect on what the writer has just said, on what the meaning that has just been conveyed, that God is our refuge. Do you really understand? Do you capture that today? We find here in this text, not only is God's presence with us, God's peace is there for us, but then lastly, let me say, the promises of God are also found here down in verses 8 through 11. God's promises. Now, I know I like to go back and talk about the promises of God. After all, there's hundreds, thousands of promises that we have been given from the Lord, and God stands there to back them up. God is in covenant with us, and God is at work even with our world in turmoil, even with the challenges that come into our life. And you just remember Apostle Paul's words there in the book of Romans. And we find here in this text in Romans chapter 8 that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And we can be still and we can leave the future with God. Now, when he saves us through faith in Christ, we become part of a loving family. When we give our life to God, God brings us into the shelter of his home, if you will. He brings us into his everlasting arms. And we look at the word cease here, and as we find it in verse 10, and it means to relax. It, it means to really stop, do nothing, but be quiet be at peace. Paul says in Romans 5, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God will take care of his own. What an incredible promise that we have. And so when the foundations are shaking and when the oceans appear to just be uh, so tumultuous and uh, the tempest is, is roaring out there and the dark clouds are forming, we can Take refuge in God, for he is faithful to us. His promises are given to us. Now, notice here that this psalm not only begins with the statement that God is our refuge, but it ends with the statement that God is our refuge. These are bookends here with this psalm. And what a wonderful comfort, I have to say, in this season in which we are in and in life when the trouble comes. We begin and end each day with God's presence with us. And we begin and end. God is sufficient when our world is shaking and we trust God to bring us safety. So I'm going to ask you today, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you know God, do you have really a true relationship with God? Do you know Christ Jesus as your Savior? 
You know, there is a place that is safe, the scripture says, and it's that place that's near to the heart of God, that wonderful hymn that sometimes we sing. And if you could live your life in God's presence, if you could trust God in everything you do, if you could align your will with the perfect will of God, the scripture says you are going to be at peace. You're going to be brought into the fold. You have refuge in God. Now, there's, a, there's an old uh, rhyme out there that really goes something like this. When in danger, when in doubt, run in circles, scream and shout. Now, those are not words of advice, but that's really a description of what we do oftentimes when these terrible things come upon us. We make bad decisions. We just get so overwhelmed. We scurry about. We run here and, and, and two. We, we just, just go wild about life and, and we don't stop. As this psalmist is telling us, Selah here, stop and realize that we have refuge in God that God is present with us, that he's going to instill within us peace, that he promises to rescue us. You know, uh, the tendency for us to kind of react in this way is really addressed in the British Navy. I'm told they have a custom that is known as the still. And in cases of sudden disaster, when a vessel is getting ready to go into something that could be really uh, ominous and, and really troubling, they blow this whistle. They, they call for the steel to be blown. And this is a whistle that lets all the crew know that they need to take a moment of pause. They need to collect themselves, get their bearings, go through all the checklists of what they need to do to go through this trouble, to experience this storm together. And I'm told that moment of calm has helped avoid more tragedy and more catastrophe than running in circles, than screaming and shouting could have ever caused because they were still and they remembered what they were supposed to do. I want to invite you today to remember what you are supposed to do. And if you don't have a relationship with God today, that you come to faith in Jesus Christ, that you say yes to God today in Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin and I need you in my life. I confess this sin to you today in my life. I've made things ugly and that you come today and accept Christ as your savior. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we know that for so many people today that are joining us, that there is stress and troubled hearts. We know there are challenges. We know there are issues that are keeping people up at night. We know there's health problems. We know there are emotional disturbance, maybe with family or with friends. Uh, we know there's job loss. We know there's just that multitude of storms right now. And Lord, we know even today that many truly don't know God. They've never truly put their hand in your hand and said yes to you. And I pray for them right now, God, that your spirit would convict their life. And that, Lord, they would stop and pause for a moment and realize they need you. Lord, I pray today for that one that's joining us 
that they would accept you right now as their Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless your people today, O God. May they turn to you. May they seek shelter in your everlasting arms. And may they know that you are present with us, that you have peace to share, and you have promises that you are going to covenant with us. We pray this in the precious name of Christ. Amen.